Hi, I'm Brandon. Hi, I'm Wendy. We reread stuff. So, when was the last time you read Rendezvous with Rama? I think about 25 years ago. I really only had vague memories of it. This is like a vague kind of enjoyment. I first got into Arthur Clarke when I was about 10. I saw 2010, the movie, which is delightfully terrible now. But, you know, at the tail end of the Cold War, it was fascinating to me. And I really liked it, and I went back, and I tried to watch 2001, but a 10-year-old in 2001 is not going to go well. <laughs> right. But I went back, and then I read the novel version, the follow-up novel, 2061. Oh. And I may have even read the next one, maybe like a 3001. I was really into that for a little while, and I know I read some of his short stories. And at some point, I read Rendezvous with Rama and Childhood's End. I read that as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when I was a teenager, early 20s, I was pretty into Arthur Clarke. Awesome. Let's see. I last read this one in 2014. That may have been the only time I had read it. But certainly 2001 was something that came across my radar, but I kept getting it mixed up. It came out like maybe around the time like on cable where that movie Quest for Fire <laughs> was. So there'd be like the weird monkey stuff. And then sure. Was, this is just so bad. And then... So it was, it was, and then so I was like, all right, I'm going to sit down, and this is 2001. Then, and of course, there's that huge, long beginning section of, you know, like many people, where's the space stuff? This is stupid. And then there were parts that I, I did like, you know, sort of after that. And then Childhood's End was something that was uh, assigned in like a science fiction fantasy course in college. So I read that, and I think that was the limit and then later on picked up rendezvous with rama because i like you know, alien ex you know vessels and exploration that seemed really cool so i picked it up and and then i think my goodreads reading was like above okay <laughs> so i guess i wasn't bowled over but i my memories were not negative right i remember like oh and it was pretty much like oh yeah like cool spaceship exploration it is a really cool idea. The, you know, just massive spaceship that we can't understand, which, I mean, art is all about that. It's probably the thing he gets quoted for the most. Yeah. Just shows up and humanity has to deal with it. I think that's cool. Yeah. There's some weird shit in this book I did not remember. <laughs> <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was just looking through my notes before we started, and one of my notes is that this could be a really good book with actual characters in it. Yes. Um, just, abs this was, I think, 1973 mm -hmm. was when it was published. And, I mean, just to put things in perspective with books that we have talked about, it's not as bad as The Moat in God's Eye. No. It's better than that. Yeah. I'd say it's probably better than The Forever War, because I, I kind of loop all three of those together. Yeah, I think that's a fair loop. I might like Forever War a little better than this, but mm, it's a tough call. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not the worst, but it is still very, like, big idea focused. And you know he worked all the math out for everything that right? is in this book. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. I mean, like, it's sort of salute, don't care. <laughs> salute. So, that was hilarious. I did my Wikipedia kind of look up. Did you see that? I thought, under reception, 
It says, John Leonard of the New York Times, while finding Clark benignly indifferent to the niceties of characterization, <laughs> praised the novel. And then, like, and then there was praise, but I laughed because I was like, yeah, that's a nice way to, nice way to put it. Yeah. I, at first I thought, well, maybe I should write down you know, to, to keep track. And then I thought, no, I don't really... It doesn't matter who these people are, really. It, it does not. You've got the commander... And then towards the like the middle later section of the book, you get a lot more time with the one guy who can fly the conveniently available ultralight glider, whatever it is. The space bike. Yeah, the space bike. But they feel like the same person. I mean, oh, yeah. you you could have said, oh, the the commander has this bike thing that's his hobby. Yeah. And he could go do it, and you wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. Yeah, I think what the the most time that he spent on that was the. Mercer, which I remember because Matt Mercer, right. not the same person. No. Nope. Very much not. But like, so Mercer, oh, he's this way. And then his friend and weird, like adjacent poly, whatever dude is the opposite. You know, so one is carefree <laughs> and the other one isn't. You know, but again, it's very much like we will tell you this and it doesn't really come through on the page at all it's just a little insistence i'm assuming it's so that he could like conveniently mention that they're married to the same woman but yeah i mean clearly progressive you know socially mm-hmm. i think norton the commander mm-hmm. having two wives who he records and sends the exact same messages to. Oh my gosh. Was so... With a little, like, personalization. I would have been able to deal with that whole setup had there maybe been, like, one woman who seems... I mean, I understand that there's the woman who's married to two men, but if it would just be like, yeah, and, you know, you're another spouse. But it seemed very much like he had a woman on a couple planets and then felt pretty free to cheat you know, all over the place. Uh, I just, I guess I would have liked it to be like, is it, you know, in any way equal? Or are you just horrible and and kind of neglectful? (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, it's like the most characterization that guy gets, though, is that he's a terrible husband to two women. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so there's, I could talk about, like, the beginning part where I enjoyed it, but let's just go to the point where I... It's like, oh, hell no. And you know <laughs> that it was... When I, he basically starts talking about her boobs, right? Mm. Like, I have to say it that way. Because it's so... I don't, I know that I had a big long... Like, I think I would... God damn it, Art. You were you were going so well. Uh, page 58. Yeah, there we go. Where we find out that women are too distracting in weight yes. loss. Yes! And I had that note. And I really was like, you were going... You, it, everything was going really well. What happened? And then it got worse. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. The title of the chapter is "Men, Women, and Monkeys." Yeah, there we go. I did say, "God damn it, Arthur, you were doing okay." And then no, and then it got worse with the distraction thing. And then when he says, "On you know, like she, uh, when he's like, oh, well, conveniently he's hooked up with Dr. Lauren." Or whatever her name was, and she knew that he felt it, and both were happy. And I just wrote no, 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 no. Yeah, um, my note for this section ends this whole section for fuck's sake, Arthur. I did not like if you had said, "Hey, there's robots in here, there's aliens." Sure, super chimps. 
Yeah, that was. Weird. I mean, the, you are everything you've said. I completely agree with yeah. the the way he deals with women and relationships. Then you get to fucking super chimps who are just there. Yeah, like it almost feels like he thought this was an inevitable thing that would happen in the future. Yeah. So they need to be in the book, but they don't actually need to do anything or have any purpose for being there. Right. So I don't know, was he was Clark like a big Chekhov's gun kind of person? Because I'm thinking, I mean, not at this point. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> Except to show that, you know, look, he cares about Goldie, who's his favorite. Yeah, that was weird. I kept waiting for, like, everything that would come up. Like, oh, the ocean has the primordial soup kind of thing. Or, oh, is there going to be a pathogen? Is that going to affect things? Or are they going to somehow come in? No, they're just convenient labor yeah. We don't have to deal with the messiness of, of actual people. So they're just they're really happy. They love that. They love mm-hmm. working for 15 hours a day. And, and they, they can't put on spacesuits. So, yeah. sorry. So, yeah, so that was ridiculous. I have another note here that says, uh, this section is genuinely stunning with how dumb it seems in this massively acclaimed book. It really hit me out of nowhere. I did yeah. not see that coming. And then... A lot of it just never comes back. Yeah. Why yeah. talk about women when you've talked about them once already? <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, there there was at least one woman there, so you know, a leg up on some, and she she, was she drove the boat. Yeah. There we go. Also, maybe it was two people. But. Well, there was one on the committee and one. I mean, they mentioned that there were women in the crew. Mm-hmm. That was an important detail. But yeah, there was, I think, like Ruby who drove the boat, and then Doctor Price who was on the committee and both the committee and the recording messages were just these terrible exposition they yeah they they really were methods i guess yeah they were they were awful yeah i was entertained initially though just by like i do not know that much about arthur clark but it just feels like he has spent some time on academic or just biz- whatever committees and I just thought <laughs> sure. that was amazing so right away you know I was on board with some of that characterization there was just some like just beautifully phrased shade on um, you know, like the, the one person who was basically like all his theories were, were, were proven wrong uh, that was great there was yeah just so funny I guess oh I did enjoy the like even by the 22nd century no no way had yet been discovered of keeping elderly and conservative scientists from occupying crucial administrative positions <laughs> indeed it was doubted if the problem would ever be solved I was like how old was he when he wrote this and I think he's like 56 I'm like yeah sure but then I I think after that they dropped the, he dropped the detail that like some person was 115 and then Putting down just that perfect hell note of having to be on committees and work with people for, like, not just like a couple decades, but wow, yeah. that would be a so lot of a life. Yeah, yeah. He is. Uh, I've got a note in here that he is like Niven and Purnell and Joe Haldeman, also concerned about population, mm-hmm. and Earth is struggling to get its population under one billion. And Commander's reward for successfully doing what he did. He gets to have a kid. But also, he's got people that live 120, 30, 40 years, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So, I, got, I wasn't really very interested in it. I did enjoy, I guess, the shade of just having to, <laughs> to deal with that. And 
like Professor Davidson was not much interested in objects smaller than galaxies and never bothered to conceal his prejudices. There, there's something about like, just very dry kind of phrasing that I mm-hmm. that I did enjoy, uh, and then that kind of falls away because most of, I think like those moments just start to drag things or they're just as you said like exposition moments. And I did find like some of the just the gaps in the narrative to be confusing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could pick it up, but it wasn't signaled well. I'm used to more, I think, like modern writing where they would take a little bit more time with the transition or there might be just different expectations. So I don't think it made it a bad book, but I was like, oh, okay, yeah, but just stuff has happened in between. We don't care about that. Right. <laughs> yeah, a lot. I think did they say they, they spent like a year on Rama. I mean, it was a long time, maybe several months. I don't remember. It definitely didn't feel like that in the text. Like, there's, you're right, there's nothing that signals, oh, hey, a month has gone by since the, you turned the page for the chapter. Yeah, so it kind of feels like, oh, you know, new thing. Like, suddenly the meteorologist comes in and says, oh, hey, by the way, hurricanes might be a problem. And, <laughs> like, oh, okay, well, a hurricane or something's going to, to happen. But it seemed like cool set piece or cool idea will just, like, who cares about like it's the people or this we just we'll just move to when that's relevant and I mean I guess uh, sorry Mr. Tolkien but I'm glad that it wasn't like you know I didn't have to follow like every inch of space that well, they were walking through but there sure were a couple moments. yeah like that first descent down the stairs yeah that was real you know, like let's check out every tree on the way from the Shire to Bree yeah so I guess the idea was to really try to and see here's the thing I did not visualize that well. I, I couldn't visualize anything. And he really does try to give a lot of description along those lines. Uh, yeah. So I had the feeling the whole time that I was really missing something. And so I just kind of filed it under, oh, clearly there's a, a space shape thing and gravity that's super cool. And I kind of got the, well, he thought <laughs> I mean, it was super cool. Yeah, he cool. thought it was super yeah. cool. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. I was sort of like, oh, okay, this doesn't sound fun. I would not enjoy the, and I did kind of like when he had to like really work on his perspective to sort mm-hmm. of like visualize it this way. And of course it did keep making me think of Ender's Game a little bit, like the mm. gate is down. Sure. So I got the feeling that within maybe that genre, it's a big deal. I just was kind of like, I, okay, sure. That's a thing. What do you, you know, what can you see? And I, I understand that there's cool tension that could be had by the, you're going into the unknown, you can't see very much, you don't have much light, but boy, I after a while, I, I didn't care about, <laughs> about gravity or the, the stairs or anything. So. Yeah. And that's just, a, I guess, maybe a, a, if you didn't enjoy it either, maybe it's more well, than Well, I mean, the problem error, is us. That's clearly the answer. Clearly, <laughs> clearly. So it does not, yeah, the visualizing spatial things and movement, not my strong suit by any stretch of the imagination. So there was a, a lot of that. that oh, yeah, that was definitely like was. Rough. Uh, that and the, um, the tidal wave on the cylindrical mm-hmm. sea and trying to figure out how all that worked. And uh, yeah, okay, it is a problem. What's going to happen? Yeah. And, you know, I think that that was maybe one of the big questions like, I like to say that I can embrace a story that doesn't have to have, like, in me, I don't know how to phrase it. Like, I don't mind a quieter story. You know, all of the conflicts don't necessarily have to be, like, world-ending. I sure. liked that you could have some time to explore, and yet there was something about what was going on in there that felt 
not aimless. I don't know, but there was something about it that I just couldn't get like my hooks in. I knew that there was a time constraint. Mm-hmm. Later on, with the uh, villainous denizens of Mercury, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> like I understood like those kinds of parts, but there was something that I guess I lost track of, and I don't know why, but I kind of did. Yeah, it's. Um... It's not a long book, but it feels like it's a long book, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. The beginning, so little happens for so long, and it's dark, and they can't see anything until they're, like, right on top of it. And, yeah, I, the beginning was more of a struggle than the end. The end, I mean, it picked up a little bit. There were some things happening, I thought. But I did like how everybody's assumptions kept being wrong. Mm-hmm. They just kept thinking, well, this is how it's got to work, or... Obviously, this thing is dead because it's been in space for a million years. So nothing is going to happen in here, and we're just going to check things out for 40 days or however long they had. The the Hermians were interesting. Uh, I took a note about them. Oh, uh, this feels like a D&D game where the DM was spectacularly unprepared. Oh, right. That was from early in the book. <laughs> Everything's dark. You can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Go find it. <laughs> yeah, I think I stopped taking notes by that time. <laughs> okay. I didn't really think it was like a knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. from the Hermians. They had thought about it, and it made sense to me because everybody else's assumptions had been wrong to this right. point. They're like, well, it's going to be fine. It's just going to like course correct and then scoot right out of the solar system. Yeah. And they're like, well, what if it doesn't? What if it, what if it just destroys everything? Yeah. You know, what if it stops and there's these robots in here now? And what if it builds an army and destroys all of humanity? So that was interesting. The other thing that was interesting was Norton. The Jesus was an alien guy who was sent to disarm the missile. Mm-hmm. His decision to allow humanity's possible destruction, because it would be morally wrong to destroy this alien ship. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. That was really good. You don't get a whole lot of that. Yeah, so so I wonder if well if you had actual characters mm-hmm. right who could talk to one another <laughs> for longer than a couple of exchanges like mm-hmm. I wouldn't want like a, a you know philosophical treatise you know like I've read the ones where it's like clearly like shoehorned in like like let us stop and discuss this but I think if you could <laughs> like I'm having years of rice and salt flashbacks yeah right <laughs> where it's like well clearly I need a mouthpiece or this maybe- is what history is for and you need to know. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And so I, I don't, I wouldn't want that, but I think that there could have been, or there, you know, maybe there would be some conflict or some kinds of ideas. And I, I think, yeah, that that could have been cool. And I should back off like a little bit because I do think, well, just in terms of like the Hermians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like they weren't mustache twirling, (laughs) you know, like complete, like. Yeah, ridiculous kind of villains. And so at least they had some motive. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, like their decision to send that missile out what came as somewhat of a surprise, mostly because of the narrative structure. <laughs> and the way that it's just sort of dropped in. Right. I, I do kind of like the fact that, you know, they could trick a camera. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, that guy goes out and disarms it, like, in a very short amount of time. But cool. Like, I, it was very convenient. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, I wasn't... I guess I was never worried. I I was not worried that this was going to, you know, hit the ship or anything. I think the second that they're like, oh, yeah, he could go out and disarm it. I'm like, well, I'm sure he can. But I guess even if there would, I didn't care about any of the characters. 
sure. that much. I mean, I think that the artifact would be kind of cool, maybe. Oh, but... it would have been a hell of an ending if Rama had stopped and destroyed all of humanity. <laughs> Right. I would have liked that a little bit more. Yeah, well, it, it would have, yeah. It would have been, like, oh, you know, like, it would have been one of those books where you have to say, like, look, like, the first part, like, or most of it is just, or like a movie, right? It's like, well, you know, it's just, uh, and then, but, okay, you really, you really have to watch the last five minutes or right. so. I didn't necessarily need to have all the answers about the aliens. Oh, sure. I think I would have liked more and I think that would have kept my attention better. So I mean I know that eventually they get kind of like the what the mm-hmm. like the tool belt diagram or something that they can kind of figure out what they looked like. Mm-hmm. But I think I just needed like more than just like the the land the strips of light and the ocean and some of the little Robot-y things. I mean, I was really happy to see that crab show up because that was <laughs> eating that guy's bike or ripping it up into little pieces and chucking it into the vision. But I think that was what it was. Like, I never really got a sense of really who they were or what was going on. And even though I, I, a little mystery, like, sure. But yeah, mm-hmm. I guess answer something. And I think after a while, it's like, okay, so you really have nothing to go on except that, oh, great, we get to hear about another Earth Explorer. <laughs> hey. It, it kind of feels, I don't know, maybe like a reaction to classic SF of the 50s, maybe 60s, where, you know, the aliens show up and they speak English and they look just like us, but, yeah. you know, they're painted blue or whatever. Maybe uh, Art hated Star Trek the way Niven and Purnell loved it. Maybe he hated it. <laughs> and he thought, you need to be prepared to be disappointed when the aliens show up. Right. Yeah, I mean, there, I guess there's some interest in that. It just doesn't doesn't make for like a the best <laughs> reading for me, right? Oh, and I yeah, think I what didn't I'm, have a great time reading. This yeah, <laughs> like so, so yeah, I think captured by the idea, like thinking that's super cool, and then just kind of wishing that. Basically, I want to find other books that maybe do that kind of thing and enjoy it that way. And I, I think I just am more like character centered or. Yeah, I guess after a while, I just sort of lost interest because it didn't seem like they were really going anywhere. Right. Uh, and it would be like every once in a while, I'd be kind of bored and then like, oh, look, here's a weird flower. Or, But we never got to really see people like analyze it or put it into perspective. It was kind of like it was all from like the, the guy who stowed it in his pocket, basically. Right. Which, you know, like fine to a point, but... Well, I had a note that this would be very different with modern technology, where you think about drones just going through this place immediately, surveying everything. Everybody's got, you know, cell phones or, you know, what, space cell phones, so they can immediately communicate. A dude can put his flower picture up on space Instagram, and, you know, the whole solar system will get to like it. And I don't know if it would be any more interesting, right? Especially if there were the same lack of answers. But it would just be an incredibly different book. I, I, I do think, like, just thinking of the... There's a... I had a note in here about in the beginning when he talks about the computers and the way that they have to work. And just how old-timey that feels. Yeah. It, it really is an old book at this point. I mean, it, it's 50 years old. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of shows it. I mean, there's still like, cool imagination kind of things. But yeah, I think there was a point where... Our, 
I lost track of like, well, surely they would have, like now we have a phone in the pocket, right? Where we'd be recording. And eventually I did figure out, oh yeah, they, they are showing images. They are sharing these sorts of things. But yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna creak a little bit. Uh, it did make me think, cause I'm about the time, like patience has to be such a big thing mm-hmm. for astronomers and you know, just when you're planning things and just the scale of all of that stuff just continues to you know boggle my mind so i did think that was cool little things like just the delay in communication i mm-hmm. liked that part when it was talking about the you know the people who are used to like maybe a second or so delay like that's fine but then when you get the longer ones and then the people always crabbing about it and the other people like there's we cannot do <laughs> anything about that so i i liked those those bits um and it just it just made me think about like like I would not be good for many reasons at those. You're just waiting, you know, like, oh, I see a little piece of information. Now I have to wait forever. I just think about like the yeah. old days of computing and how like now I'm like, you know, this web page is taking like seconds to load. <laughs> this thing sucks. And then I remember hearing, you know, the stories about the, well, I sent my cards out to be processed and yeah. I'll see if my, if I made a mistake, you know, in two days and um, not my, not my game at all. So it wasn't exactly like that here, but it did start. That was where, I guess, when my mind would wander, that was the kind of places <laughs> that it would go. And then I tried to, because I have no intention on reading anymore of the stories. And I did kind of look up, like, do they ever find anything? And it mm-hmm. doesn't really sound like it does. Well, it's one of those situations, and you had this a lot in the late 80s, early 90s, where, I, I'm just going to say publishers, I don't know, right? Mm. But publishers went to established writers and said hey you know we love this dune right can we get somebody to write some more dune and it really feels like that's what the the rama sequels were like mm-hmm. um yeah i forget the guy's name but yeah clark said that it was not intended to be the beginning of any kind of a series despite mm-hmm. what the last sentence is okay yeah that last sentence <laughs> or is it dun, dun, dun. <laughs> they make you laugh a little bit so i guess i yeah, it's one of those rereads where I was okay. Yeah, maybe this is why I forgot a lot of it, except that I do really like the idea of, you know, the exploration of this huge structure. There's a thing in here. I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely nitpick at this mm-hmm. point. Sure. And maybe he meant something else, but there's a point where somebody says that they can summarize something in a thousand bits, and like that's a thousand ones and zeros. Okay, that's 125 characters in, you know, our current system. Maybe, you know, 150 years from now, or I guess now it's uh, 107 years from now, they've got space bits, which are different. But, you know, at the time he was writing this, 1,000 bits was not a lot of information. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's like trying to compose, like, uh, sending in DMT. <laughs> I got all this information. I have 25 words. What am I going to do? Well, we don't really need articles. We don't really need conjunctions. We'll just... Uh. And so, yes, I would like to talk about space theology or whatever that was about. So, I guess I'm glad it wasn't longer. It probably 
could have used some more back and forth if you're going to have this committee. I will say that I was happy that it didn't get down to the, uh, especially with that kind of opening quote about uh, mankind kind of wasting all these resources and intellectual energy on killing one another. I was happy that it did not. I mean, there was the missile, but it wasn't like the the Pandora people have come and sabotage things and there's a violent fight all over. It's like, oh, okay, cool. That well, that's that what you get in the movie adaptation at oh, this point. facts. Yes. <laughs> and, okay, so there would be like two different groups of humans that are trying to take over the artifact and then the ending is the artifact brings all the robots up and kills all of them. Oh, that's my ending. I like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And then the rip-off version of that would... Like add sharks with lasers or something, and yeah, oh, no. So I didn't hate it. I wasn't angry. I guess yeah. you know now it'd be like instead of a three star meh, it'd be like a two star meh. I mean, I was disappointed because I did have just yeah. vague fond memories of liking it. I think it's been maybe I don't know ten or fifteen years. I tried rereading the the. 2061 or 2010, 2061, mm-hmm. and doesn't really work for me either. I, I think maybe you know my time with art has probably ended. Yeah, I still I like 2001, except for like the trippy space baby like thing at the end. Not a fan of that section, well, but that, I that is all art cares about is the yeah. weird aliens that we can't understand. Yeah, and I'm not into that part, but there are some good sections in the movie. Yeah, I probably wouldn't pursue that. Everyone, I, I might give Childhood's End another try, maybe, but... I think I have enough memories of that that I don't need to. Yeah, I mean, life is short. I probably <laughs> will not do that. That's why we uh, should continue this podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Reading <Facts>. stuff. <laughs> like, oh, I hated it so much. But at least this was like more, like if someone said, I would like to read something from this era of mm-hmm. science fiction, I would not feel bad about recommending it. I mean, I might like do it in conjunction with something that was more maybe action backed or something, but I just think that this one just doesn't like make me feel bad aside from like a, ugh, you know, like right. a couple moments where I had the, the small, like, bro like <laughs> you have to be so sexist but um you know 1960s it's gonna happen so yeah, oh sure sure but it was well, it's the horror. first book i've ever read with a simp master yeah which has really taken wow yeah <laughs> yeah that was was not great so it makes me think i should read planet of the apes like <laughs> revenge um i think we got it yeah, yeah I, I don't know that there's <laughs> yes, anything else we could no. say Thank you for listening. Next month, we will be talking about Elizabeth Moon's Sheep Farmer's Daughter.